Hey everybody, I'm Tyler. I'm JT. I'm Pete. I'm Craig. And we're breaking down another movie on Scared Smithless. Enough time for one more story. Coming to get you, Barbara. Have you checked the children? Okay, Dreamcatcher. Nightmares that are caught within a net. Right, this the yeah. Stephen King adaptation. So this was a novel by Stephen King, mm-hmm. published in two thousand one. So the book came out in two thousand one. Yeah, they they start yeah they start production of this like. Less than a year after the book was published, was, he jumped right in. Was he yeah. on any illicit substances when no, he, he wrote this? He actually this? wrote this like right after he got in an accident. Oh, so he's definitely on some pain. Yeah, killers. he wrote this. Okay, six months. In six months, while he was allegedly high on oxycotton. Oh, yeah. I think I think that he that made, made a lot of sense from what I was watching. Six hundred pages, over six hundred pages. Yeah, of, I thought it was seven. I thought it was close to seven. Oxy- Either way, it's a lot. Oxycotton fueled. I think didn't I tell you he wrote this longhand? Didn't I tell you that? In cursive. Okay. Yeah, in, in cursive. Yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> That's uh, I like movies based off of Stephen King's books, but I have questions usually. I like to I like to read. I've read some of Stephen King's books, and that helps. But when I see a movie of a Stephen King book, and I haven't read the book. I usually end up more confused than anything. Yeah. Which is understandable when you're... I mean, not, yeah, not all of them are confusing. This one definitely was pretty confusing. I mean, right. I bet if we read the book, it yeah, but fill in might those, make more sense. Yeah, but fill, in, fill in those holes. Like It. I never read the book It. Those movies just confuse don't, don't me Don't have time. It just seems like there's so much that they leave out. And I'm sure that they are. There's only so much you can fit into it. Even this one's two hours. Dreamcatcher's a two-hour movie. There's yeah, some, I mean, there's this, some things in it that I'm glad they left out. Yeah, I was gonna right. say this movie. Like this movie, it seemed like it should have been maybe a mini series or something. What is this fascination been, with Dairy Maine? It's just it's, yeah, it's a, a Maine place he made. made but I was gonna say it's he's from Maine. If I remember right, it's I think a he's from fictional Maine. town in Maine that he uses in yeah. a lot of his stories. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's I'm not from Gary Maine. He's from Maine. It's just a town he made up, though. Yeah, a lot of recognizable uh, actors in this movie, though. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Thomas Jane, Jason Lee, Damian Lewis, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant. Yeah, always <laughs> Timothy never... Oliphant. Yeah, justified guy. Yeah. And he was on the uh, Girl Next Door. Oh, yeah. You would remember that one. Uh, so we open up and we're kind of quickly introduced to each of our main characters who are all um, connected, obviously, and, and we get there. But we've got Thomas Jane's character, uh, Henry. He, yeah. He's a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doodling a dream catcher in his notebook. Oh, yeah. Even like while he's talking to a... One of his patients. Right. Yeah. He's doodling while he's he's kind of scribbling things. I think he's kind of yeah. picking up, as we find out, out of his mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's his right. patient's mind. Well, I, I was thinking, like, it was, you were going to look up, and he was, like, just now getting back in his seat yeah. from eating a sandwich. 
Theater. Yeah, he's yeah. The, his patient is a compulsive eater, and he's mm-hmm. talking about Carl's Jr. Oh, good old Carl's Jr. Yeah. I wonder if this is like a reference to uh, the other Stephen King book, Thinner. I never uh, saw. I remember you telling me, Craig, telling me about that one. But it's just like ironic. This guy happens to be fat and yeah. eating a whole lot and stuff. And I don't know. Could be. Yeah. Never know. He, I guess embarrasses his client he says uh, this comes into later he talks about it later but um what did this guy he killed his mom or he thinks he, he does neglect, he neglected her is what he to the point where she yeah. died and so he's basically telling him it's not his fault and he says something to him that mm. the, that his patients never told him before or something yeah. he's saying all right the cause of your your overeating is due to your guilt you feel that you killed your mother or that you were the cause of her death, which you weren't. Yeah. He keeps telling them. And he was saying, I didn't tell you any of this. How how did you know? Right. So we pretty quickly find out that Henry and his childhood friends are telepathic. Mm -hmm. Um, They're able to communicate with each other, able to read people's minds. That'd make it hard to be a therapist if you know what you're trying to get to. Yeah. But you have to wait until they come to that breakthrough on their right. own. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Oh, I'd be charging them so many hours. It's going to take a while for them to get there, <laughs> up the up the rate. You know, it sounds like bad business. It's not. It's not. So. So oh, then man. his yeah the next scene we see Henry sitting in his desk after his patient Storm gets upset out, yeah. and, and storms out of his office and he takes a gun out of his desk and is holding it up to his head. This thing, this gets pretty intense pretty quickly. Yeah, we're like a minute into this movie. Yeah, um, it's like man, are we gonna see somebody the main one of the main characters kill himself? What right. does that tell you about your own therapy though? Like if like you're as soon as you get done with a patient, you're just quickly like I'm gonna I'm done. I, I'm calling it quits. Well, you'd think that if you knew everything about everybody you ever came in contact with, life would be pretty boring. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Or scary, or yeah. disgusting, yeah, I, or disturbing. Yeah, Larry, that's a, that'd be a, that'd be a really horrible thing to have. Right. So he gets a call from his friend Jonesy. Uh, they just call him Jonesy. He's I can't remember. Yeah, I, is I it remember. Gary? I think, is it Gary? I think, I think Jones? It's Gary. I think it's Gary. Yeah, they call him Jonesy. This is uh, Damian Lewis. Damian Lewis. This was just right after they came out with Band of Brothers. He was in oh, that miniseries yeah. also. Yeah, he's one of the main characters in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonesy is a college professor, I, I think guess. I don't... we're supposed to believe. Yeah. He tells Henry, hey, we need to go see Duddits, who, and Henry agrees, and they sort of seemingly make plans to go see whoever Duddits is. Mm-hmm. So, again, Jonesy is a professor. He is in his office now talking to a student who apparently cheated on a test and um, shows his kind side. That's kind of a theme here that we pick up from all of these characters is that they're they're good people that are that are always trying to help, which is mm-hmm. sort of right. what led them to be in the situation that they're in. Right. So he tells his student, "You know what the penalty is for cheating on a test in college," and his student kind of death by fire. <laughs> oh, but obviously it's you know you can get kicked out of school. Right. He right. could lose his scholarship, and so just about the time the student thinks he's done for. Uh, Jonesy rips up the test and says, if I remember correctly, you were sick the day of the test. And as a yeah. alternative to taking the test, you were going to write an essay 
on a word. particular yeah. topic. It's yeah. obviously didn't he like notice he was like from a bad neighborhood or something? Yeah, or I think said that's was, said Philly. I don't remember what he yeah. said. It kept it kept uh, showing his students' shoes that he kind of kicked up on the desk or yeah. crossed his legs. Yeah. And you could yeah. see his, yeah, shoes his legs were, were crossed. Yeah, yeah, his shoes were beat pretty, up and tattered. Yeah. So I, the, I took that to mean he realized this student probably came from a bad neighborhood and yeah. was trying to do... Trying, trying to give to, him a break. Right, yeah. trying to yeah, get through school. So smart enough to get the scholarship, but not smart enough to take the course, which is why he's cheating, thus let's give him a pass. No, and I don't, I don't even know that. I think just people make mistakes sometimes, and he's trying to not ruin this kid's life. Yeah. By you know, kind of giving him a, a do over here and not mm-hmm. let not ruin his scholarship and his chance at probably getting out of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. You know, from his you home said, life. That's a that's a place better to be from than to go back to. Talking about way out where, where he came from. So pretty cool. Uh, we then cut to Pete, another one of the friends. He is a a car salesman. Yeah. A lady comes in and says that uh, she's got to be at a, a house showing. She's, I guess, a real estate agent. She has to be at a house showing in an hour. She's lost her keys. And so he helps her find them um, yeah. through some pretty impressive... Magic fingers. Yeah. Well, yeah, we find that out later. But he's seemingly just deductive reasoning and Sherlock Holmesing his way into finding her keys and finally tells her, if I end up finding your keys, you have to agree to go to dinner with me. To which she reluctantly agrees and then... Uh, Stands them up. Yeah. Yes. So he finds her sure. keys, and then uh-huh. yeah, she drives that. off, and he. It's pretty evident that she's it's not, not gonna, happening. Yeah. I would. Um, she's kind of scared off by him. Yeah. So don't know how you lost your keys in the puddle that was like. Yeah. Because all the things that he was mentioning, her doing, seemed like something that somebody would know that was following you. A stalker. Yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. yeah that's true. So we've now been introduced to, these are our four kind of main characters in the show. So we've got uh, Jonesy, Pete, Henry, and... Oh, Beaver. Uh, Beaver, right. So we haven't been introduced. I forget his first name. Uh, Yeah. I don't remember this guy's name, but the last of the friends is Beaver. He's shown in a bar using toothpicks. We find out that he's OCD and his toothpicks are kind of how he... Copes with that? Copes with his obsessive compulsive disorder. Um... But he gets a hold of Jonesy? Yeah, Jonesy. Yeah, he calls Jonesy from a payphone. Basically says, is everything okay? And Jonesy's like, yes. And he says, well, just be careful. So Beaver's obviously having some kind of premonition that Jonesy might be in danger. Um, So again, with all these characters, basically this whole thing is just introduce us to the characters, but get us to understand that they each have some pretty peculiar, might be the word. They Mm. seemingly are able to see things that aren't there are able to hear things that aren't there. Um, we find out that they're telepathic um, mm-hmm. amongst kind of some other minor little abilities that they have. Um, Never shows like how Beaver like helps people out. Right. I was going to say, he... I think he's just, I think he just got kind of the, the mm-hmm. telepathic thing. Too. Yeah. I think they all got the... Is he the one that sang? Well, was, I thought he was the one that was singing near the beginning. And Yeah, so yeah. I mean, he... Yeah. Yeah. We get to that in a little bit, but yeah, Jonesy's at a crosswalk. He's he says something to the man next to him. Um, he thought he said something. Yeah, that would man. If you're hearing people's thoughts and you're constantly Ugh. thinking people are talking to you, so he says something to the man or answers a question. And the man's like, "What are you talking about? I didn't say anything." Um, so then he just looks across the street and just walks right out into traffic, and Jonesy gets smoked by a car. Yeah, like 
Um, he looks dead. Yeah. Yeah. He folded in half sideways. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So ambulance gets there, loads him into the ambulance. Um, and then as, as the doctors or the EMTs are working on him. Yeah, using that shock. Right, the defibrillator. The defibrillator. He has a, a vision of a young boy that's speaking to him kind of in... Speech impediment. Right, you can't really understand. Gibberish. I, I Gibberish, had, First time I saw this, I'm like, huh? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't understand a word he said. Right, so... Um, I don't even th- yeah, subtitles didn't even understand a word he said. Right. We then jump uh, six months later, and we see a dream catcher hanging in a cabin, and um, all four guys arrive. So we go from thinking Jonesy's probably dead to all of a sudden he's with his group of three friends six months later at a cabin. So what we end up finding out is that he's obviously mostly recovered from this injury, his injuries from that car accident. we still see him limping and everything. Right, he's... Uh, but seems to be doing pretty well. Right, for six months. Six months before, he looked like he was killed. That was at least a broken hip. Oh, yeah. At least. If you're lucky. Yeah. We then get a little bit of exposition between Jonesy and Henry. They're talking, they're collecting firewood, and Jonesy tells him about the accident and says, I saw Duddits across the street. He appeared to me the same way he was the very first time we met him when we were kids. He was standing on the other side of the street, almost like he was beckoning me, and no one else could see him but me, obviously. Yeah. Which and is he why said that's I out yes. He says that's why I walked out into the street. I don't get it. It's just like did he not see the car? I mean, I get if it was like all weird and he just couldn't see the cars. Tunnel vision. Yeah, it's just one of these weird things. I think it was more like that. Yeah, but he, it didn't he said, show it like that. He though. said just, because Duddits was calling him or beckoning him to his motion board him to come across. Like hypnotizing. And he said him? right. Well, not just that, but he's like. Why would he tell me to come across right. the road if I mean he, he wouldn't want me to get hurt? Yeah, and we so get, and we and this will all be explained as right. as we go on. Um, but basically, this Duddits character that they all know um, was a good person, and he's saying you know mm-hmm. he's he's helped us in all of these ways. Basically, if he's telling me to come across the street, I'm assuming that it's fine, which is why I walked out. Why would he do that? Why would he want me to get almost dead? Right, killed because he's a psychopath. We, we could find that out. I have no idea. Could be. <laughs> uh, they then talk about the memory warehouse. So this is where this movie starts getting a little trippy. Probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I really like this. Warehouse. This is hard to explain in not a 600-page novel. But basically, right. um, and we only see Jonesy's. Yeah. We don't talk about the, the others. I'm assuming he only gave this power to Jonesy. I guess yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. So there, his mind. So Jonesy's mind is basically a physical place that Jonesy is able to travel to, and it just basically looks like a giant library where there's shelves full of boxes, full of files, and they're yeah. all memories. Like I said, it's like you knowledge. see like in a cartoon or something like that. Right. But it's so it shows him taking different files, getting rid of old files, throwing them in a furnace. There's a secret room in his quote unquote mind where he can take files that he doesn't really need, but he doesn't want to get rid of by burning them. He's a hoarder. Pretty much. <laughs> he is a hoarder. He is a mind hoarder. A mind hoarder, yeah. It's like a, uh, a physical manifestation of your mental facilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially. So we flash back to 20 years earlier and start getting a little bit of explanation of sort of what's going on. Well, these guys, they're all in a cabin together. They're here for a trip. It seems like they take an annual trip yeah. together. Just the guys get out, mm-hmm. spend time in a cabin. 
We then get a flashback. It goes back 20 years, and we get a little bit of an explanation of what's going on as far as the, the weird abilities that these guys seem to have. We don't really explain it yet, but... Yeah. We have uh, all four characters when they're boys, probably, I don't know, early teen years. Yeah, yeah that's it. You can clearly tell which one's Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Beaver's played, uh, the adult Beaver's played by Jason Lee. I don't yes. know if we mentioned that. Yeah. My name is Earl. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was saying. Isn't that that particular guy? Yep. The movie villain from The Incredibles. <laughs> that's right. And other stuff, too. I can't think of him. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what he called him, Incredible? Yep. I forgot about that. Did he and Will Smith play in a movie together, or he and Wesley? Oh Smith? yeah, I think it was like any yeah. other state. Yeah, he's that's only, what it he's was. only that's what like was. a little bit of that. Uh-huh. Jack Black's in that too. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to the story at hand, though. Right. So when the boys are younger, um, they come across a. It's just it's like Stand by Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They come across a group of bullies, which I don't think you could have a Stephen King book or story without, no, without a group of at pretty least a bully. horrific bullies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it always seems like it's a group. It's never right. just like one. Right. right. So they find, yeah, a group of bullies that have a mentally handicapped boy. I think um, I read it. I think he's had Down syndrome or something. If I yeah, that something. Right. He's mentally challenged he's stripped down to his underwear and they're trying to make him eat dog poop yeah nobody Which wins in that exchange why no. he needs to be stripped down to eat yeah dog poop. yeah how much i, don't know why. Yeah, I mean is That's, it all not already humiliating yeah to pick it up by hand right yes. well he had a he had a glove on oh yeah that no means, i yeah. mean but for is it not it. humiliating to make somebody eat dog poop you right. have to strip him down to his underwear yeah That's awful. Just, right. so Anyway, luckily the boys get there in time and stop the bullies from force-feeding the handicapped child Fecal matter. That's awful. So they leave, and the boy, his name is Douglas, but he pronounces it Duddits because he has a speech impediment, so they call him Duddits. That's his nickname. Douglas Cowell. Yeah, I think he keeps saying, I Duddits. I Duddits, that's what he says. I Duddits. And he has a Scooby-Doo lunchbox. Heck yeah. Ooby-dooby-doo. Yep. So he um, ends up becoming friends with the boys. They, they kind of take care of him. So this is even back in the early days, they were good people, right? And I think that's why mm-hmm. Duddits kind of took to them because they took care of him and they yeah. uh, became friends with him. Yeah. And, I, and I know later we, we see a little bit more of them, but I, I really would have liked, that's why I think this should have been more like a miniseries. We could have gotten to see more of them. In their childhood, right? Like, like the miniseries of it, right? Yeah. And it's I would have liked that. It's yeah. exactly what happens, and it's exactly usually the main issue I have with Stephen King adaptations is it feels like in a movie there is so much left. I mean, yes. even in it, they broke it into two movies, and you still felt like there was a lot of information that you weren't getting, mm-hmm. you know. But and and we'll get to to more of that as we go on. Uh, we then jump back to present day. Pete and Henry are at the market getting supplies. Yeah. The uh, proprietor of the establishment tells him that there's a big storm coming in, a big snowstorm. He said, we got a cold one coming right out of Alberta in the northeaster. Those were his words, not mine. Yeah. So, That's a big question. snowstorm coming in. A big yeah. a big clipper short, coming out of Alberta. Short until the point's okay with me. That's what I said. So, we then jump to... <laughs> we then jump to beaver hunting in the woods. Snow starts to fall. Yep. Uh, Jonesy, is, hey, I'm assuming he's out hunting. It shows yeah, him with a yeah, gun. Yeah, he's yeah. up in a, a, a tree stand. Like tree stand. Yeah, I yeah. gotcha. Um, a another hunter 
just comes stumbling out of the woods, and yeah. he's not looking great. No. no. He ends up ne- near their cabin. Jonesy gets to him, you know, asks him if he's okay, and the guy's kind of stuttering and not really real clear, but basically gets out that he's been lost out in the woods for... All night. I know, think he says all night. Overnight, so... Yeah. Um, Jonesy takes him into the, the cabin. Yeah, his name's Rick, by the way. Or Rick right. McCarthy. Wandered yeah. in from Burning Man. Yep. <laughs> Just bewildered. So as Jonesy's trying to help him uh, get warm, helps him get his, his stuff off, the, the guy's, he's not doing real well. He, he lets out a huge belch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which some people are just like that, right. but this guy just—he seems pretty embarrassed by it. Yeah. He ate some uh, some berries in the dark, right? Which so is he's having never some, a good idea. Yeah. He's having some intestinal distress. Yeah. Let's just say that. I feel like that was and a he lie. He did not eat any berries. He also at all looks like day. he has like this mark on his yeah. on his head. Too. He's got a red mark. Yeah, yeah on he his looks face. Like a rash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's up around his. It's kind of up around his eye and on his cheek. Right. Yeah. What kind of berries did you get into? So Henry and Pete are now driving. Um, Henry says, this is where we go back to the, the patient from the beginning. Henry says that he ended up finding out that the patient that he wishes he would have handled differently back on the day that Jonesy got hit by the car, had just recently found out that that patient had ate himself to death, Yeah, which is kind of why he was in therapy. So Henry's feeling bad about that. Beaver comes back to the, the cabin at this point uh, where Jonesy's making some soup for their... Newfound brethren. Yeah. Right, Rick. Rick is continuing to have some intestinal issues, belching and sounded like he crapped his pants. It did. Farts are always funny. Right. He's so embarrassed. He can't believe he did that. Humiliated. But Beaver and Jonesy, oh, it's okay. Hey, it's all right. Let's have you. So during this time, Jonesy's been looking at this individual and he notices that he has a really big, thick, broad chest. And then... Once Beaver gets there, Jonesy looks again and realizes that his chest looks more normal size, but now he's got this big protruding pot belly. So we have a shapeshifter on our yeah. hands. Stuff's Ladies happening. Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, they suggest, uh, hey, come back here in the room. Why don't you lay down, take a nap? You probably need rest. So he goes back there, and Jonesy and Beaver. You know what's funny about that? When they were laying him down, he was in his long johns and everything. I was literally looking at his backside to see if there was like any brown stains at all after he did all, all that farting. Yeah. He, I thought he pooped his pants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as they turn to leave the room, um, you see the the man's stomach kind of quivering. Oh, yeah. that was that was Not, uh, in a way that it shouldn't be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they leave. We go back to Henry and Pete driving on the road. They come across a woman sitting Indian style in the middle of the street. So they swerve to miss her. They end up rolling the truck. Yeah, just barely miss right. her. Yeah. Right. Pete ends up injuring his leg pretty badly, but they're okay. I mean, Henry helps him get out of the car and they're other than Pete, he thought he broke his leg. He didn't break his leg, but he's messed it up pretty badly. Um, we then have a, a weird scene back at the cabin where Jonesy and Beaver notice that all of the animals in the woods start yeah. running past the window. They're all running in the same direction like they're running away from something. Right. Yeah, all the animals in the woods, it looked like all the animals of the woods were running right by their cabin for some reason. Right. Yeah. All going the it's same like, direction. Hundreds of animals. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like squirrels, right in front of them. birds, deer, bear. <laughs> well, they're right in front of them because they're going around their cabin. Well, I guess. Oh, right, but I'm guessing that... Were there more coming around the backside? Right, that, that's what I was yeah. only wondering. It looked like it was just, just a 
river of animals going yeah. in front of their cabin. Yeah, that would obviously be odd. Yeah. Like, like it was orchestrated. Animal knows what's up. Right. Follow the herd. So we go back to Pete and Henry. They approach the woman that has not moved, not flinched since they missed her by about six inches. That was kind of And funny. rolled their truck in the ditch. They was, uh, See, I'm kind of cold. Saying, I'm going to strangle this chick when we get up there. Right. But that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, hold up. So I literally wrecked and flipped my vehicle because of you and now i'm obligated to help you after this like no like i i i'm probably gonna leave you out here let the wolves come sort this out <laughs> so they go up to her she seems like she's dead yeah she looks frozen, frozen to death yeah she did um jump scare she finally grabs pete i think i thought she like need him like or kicked him right in the that's, that's what something. i thought too no. okay and out of instinct would have accidentally punched her just out of instinct, just out of fright. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so all she tells them is, I need to find Rick. Rick, obviously, is the name of the character that Jonesy and Bieber. Right. She also has a very similar red mark kind of on her neck, mm-hmm. on the and side of her neck. And the same type of problem also with her. And the, I don't the, think, the, the have we seen that one yet with her? I think I think she belches. Oh, she belches yeah, she while they're belch, sitting there. Yeah. yeah. And that continues. Yes. Jones, we can then go back to Jonesy and Beaver, and they're pointing. They're noticing that the animals running past their cabin all have these red marks on them. So obviously we're led to believe at this point that these red marks are important. They are not right. gang-affiliated, though. They're not, no. So they are okay. not bloods. Oh, okay. Bloods. See, I was confused. Yeah. I thought they were like wood bloods. Yeah, no, no. they're not pyru Force bloods. Force bloods. Okay. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> so... Helicopters then fly over the cabin. Yeah. And a speaker comes down and says, This area is under temporary quarantine. They're saying, Hey, we got a sick guy down here. Come down here and help us. Which, when I first saw that, I thought, Well, maybe that's these helicopters are why the animals are running. It still doesn't, didn't really make sense why they were all running in the same direction. Right. Um, But I thought, Well, maybe these helicopters kind of scared them up and Mm -hmm. that's why they're running, even though that's not really. What would happen? Although we yeah. never did hear any helicopter approach. Yeah, we don't hear the helicopter until it is on top of their cabin. Yeah. He said this area is under temporary quarantine. Uh, the situation should be resolved in the next 24 to 48 hours. And they're like, we've got a sick guy down here. Come down and, and help us. But they're not doing that. We then see uh, Morgan Freeman. Yep. Which Jason Lee flips off. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> say, and Morgan he Freeman's just sat cool. there. Crazy eyebrows. Yeah. Oh my god. Looks like Arlie. What's his name? Arlie Remy from Full Metal Jacket. (laughs) That's what it looked like. It's like, what is the point of this? He looked looked just like Morgan Freeman, except for with prosthetic eyebrows. Those are not Morgan Freeman's eyebrows. And why? Why were those his eyebrows? In makeup, they had to say, okay, we got Morgan Freeman, but we really want to make his eyebrows super bushy. (laughs) Just didn't. What'd you say, Craig, to keep him warm or something? Yeah. Yeah. Keeps him warm in the wintertime, grows him out. I just, I never understood that. I mean, I get if they always looked like that or something. He had whatever. enough there to make a second mustache if he wanted to. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Big old bushy mustache. Oh, gosh. So that flavor saver. But anyways. So Henry and Pete have now kind of made a temporary shelter. They've started a fire out in the area that they're in. They've kind of taken this woman over there to try to help her out and keep her warm. Again, showing the good nature of them. Right. Uh, Henry tells Pete, the cabin is about nine miles from here. I should be able to make it, but there's no way you can make it on foot with your leg messed up like it is. 
you stay here with her and make sure she's all right. I will go to the cabin, get the snowmobile, and come back for you guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they can't call anyone because right. I guess this is at a time when cell phones still weren't quite right. a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I remember they had these good, times for sure. You wouldn't reception be at this. There's no, no way out in the woods yeah. you'd be using no. a cell phone. No. Just for the younger ones listening to this. Right. Not nearly as ubiquitous as they are now. Yeah. Back in my day. <laughs> you're spoiled. We still use pay phones. Yeah. yeah. They do use a payphone in this. Beaver uses a payphone early. Oh, yeah, at the beginning, yeah, when he calls Jonesy. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and that's probably one of the last ones that we will see in a movie. Yeah. So, so this movie's getting ready to go off the rails yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Uh, we go back to the cabin. Beaver and Jonesy have gone back inside. They'd stepped outside because of, to watch these animals and the whole helicopter scene. So they've now come back inside the cabin, and there are bloody wet footprints leading from the bedroom where Rick was resting yeah. to the bathroom. Oh. And I swear and I and I'm the same way you were when you said this. It looked like it looked like water, water and then blood or something. Yeah, it seemed like there was yeah, a mixture of water, wet footprints and definitely some blood footprints. And that guy was sweating a lot. Right. He Maybe sweating. he had on like one of those uh suits that you bicycle on so you to sweat a whole lot because he was sweating sauce a lot in this too much sauce yeah my thing is it's like if he did eat berries if that was the legitimate cause of like why he's experiencing this what kind of berries are those you know we should probably be getting the word out or steer clear of these there's a lot of berries that can wreak havoc Warm yeah. Berries. Yeah. blueberries don't do that to people is all i'm saying <laughs> So the blood footprints lead to the bathroom. Blood on the bathroom door. They then walk to the bedroom to see if Rick is still in there. He's not, but the bed is covered in blood. I swear there was pee on that too. Probably was. Oh, probably. Yeah. All kinds of... I guess that would make sense. Bodily fluids everywhere. So they go back to the restroom. They knock on the door and ask for Rick, and he answers them, basically says, Oh, I'm I'm fine. Just leave me alone. (gasps) I'm shaving. Like, uh, yeah, no, Rick, yeah. we need to help you. And he's like, no, I just want some privacy. And they're like, why is there blood everywhere? I'm not. Yeah, he and says, I'm not he's bleeding. Like, I'm blood, I'm not bleeding. They're like, okay, we're coming in. You let us in or we're breaking down the door. He's not going to let him in. So they break down the door and immediately start slipping and sliding in blood and bile and who knows yeah. what. And this Rick guy looks all kinds of dead. Which made me wonder, do you think that that was actually Rick talking? No. I didn't think so. That's what I mean. What's okay. the, uh, what we find out here in a second. Was it like controlling him like a puppet then or something? Or? Who knows? But yeah, Rick is sitting on the toilet and... I don't get how Beaver thinks that he was still alive right. and no, not knowing not. that he was bleeding. Yeah, and... they go to, yeah, they go to get him off the toilet and he just falls dead into the tub. It's disgusting. Yeah, there we are, see the uh, his backside. Yeah, it looks like something literally blown out. Yeah, or borrowed out of his rectum. Looks like Peter when he eats Mexican food. Yeah, it's, it was bad. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but they hear something still sloshing around in the toilet. So they immediately... Certainly isn't a turd. No. They close the lid, and Beaver sits down on top of the seat to keep it closed. Beaver tries to take a toothpick out of his little... Toothpick case. Yeah, yeah. It looks like kind of calm his nerves. Right. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's it's how it he looks like an Altoids right case. He drops the toothpicks all over the floor, and 
Jonesy says, I'm going to run to the shed to get some duct tape so we can tape up the stool and then we're getting out of here. But in the meantime, you have to stay here and sit on the lid because whatever's in there is trying to get out. I don't get why they didn't like grab something heavy first and try that out. Yeah, they no. could have. I, I guess. Mean, there has to be like plenty of stuff. Well, I would have been okay with the duct tape idea, but Jonesy yeah. seemingly can't find duct tape yeah. for an hour. Yeah, yeah, but think about how many things were in that cabin that he could have just placed on that lid. Yeah. There's that not, there's in. not a freaking old trunk in there with a with a whole bunch of stuff in it that you can just go plop or tie strap anything. Yeah, a why pe- a piece of rope? Tape. A rope. It's yeah. as if anything. someone that wrote this was on drugs. Almost. Or put Rick's body sitting on it again. There you go. Yeah, just get Rick's body. I, yeah, I, just I'm not touching that. They're getting on that snowmobile. Just hightail it out of there. Right. So we go to, um, yeah, Jonesy's looking through the shed. Can't find the tape. Beaver's having a hard time. He needs a toothpick in the worst way. So he's looking around on the floor. No. <laughs> Almost all of the toothpicks are laying in blood because pretty much the entire bathroom is covered in blood and other fluids. He does see a couple toothpicks laying on what seems to be a clean area of the it's bathroom not floor. Clean. <laughs> it's a bathroom. It's not clean. No matter how much you clean it, it's not clean. Yeah. Right. So, but he, so he starts reaching for these toothpicks, and they're just out of his reach to where if he wants them, he's going to have to you know lift his weight up off the toilet seat just a little bit. And every time he tries, the lid shakes. You know, something jumps and is trying to get out of the toilet, so he has to sit back down yeah, on this it. Is it's not worth those, it. Yeah, no. this, the bear is most you. definitely I get, worse. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, <laughs> you... I get, you know, people are OCD, but come on, it can't be that worth it. You find something. You you bite on your shirt. Yeah. It's like you, it's like you said, toilet paper maybe, but that probably was covering blood <laughs> probably, too when yeah. Rick was wiping. Right, yeah. Eventually, oh. it gets out of the toilet. He can't suppress his toothpick urge long enough to stay on the toilet. I could be, I could be on meth and I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> be grabbing for it. So this thing gets out and it looks like nightmare fuel. It is... Oh. Like an eel yeah, made out of like, teeth? Like a tooth eel. Yeah, yeah it like splits its... Oaf- I have it written half. down as a bloody diarrhea worm. Oh, <laughs> there you yeah. go. That's... Thought I cleaned it up rather nicely for you. Yeah. yeah, it attacks Beaver, bites off a bunch of his fingers. Yeah. Jonesy gets back in with the tape at this point, but the thing is attacking Beaver. Beaver tells Jonesy to leave, get out of here. And the thing finally uh, jumps right at his face. Yeah, la- latches onto Beaver's face. And so Jonesy shuts the door so the thing can't get out. Beaver's dead, obviously. And then a huge hulking figure appears behind Jonesy. He turns around and it's um, an alien. It's as Eight, nine feet tall. Looks exactly somehow. like what we're supposed to believe aliens look like. Enters... Jonesy basically explodes into this red dust Mm -hmm. and Jonesy inhales it right inadvertently inhales it so we then cut we go to the um, outside of the woods but in this town I guess a military group called the blue unit is taking over this town not to be confused with the crypts (laughs) this is the part of the movie I just really could not get on board for just this whole military subplot i did not in the book it's a major major part of the plot. is it yeah. it is and, and just, right and I so this again this is what happens when you're trying to make a novel into a feature film is that you have to leave things out you have to basically condense the entire story into an hour and a half or two so, hour plot i was gonna say from what i read i know the ending's a little bit different but did this movie follow at all other than cutting stuff out 
the book at all. Yeah, I didn't read the book, um, but from what I've researched, it seems to pretty well. One of the main things that seems to be quite a bit different is the the blue unit plays a much bigger role. Morgan Freeman's okay. character, who so he's in charge of this blue unit, which basically we get some exposition here. Morgan Freeman is Colonel Kurt. Abe Curtis. Curtis. He's in charge of. Well, well it's supposed the blue to be unit. Kurtz for like from Apocalypse Now, but they changed it just to not confuse people. Nah. Thinking that it was like some sort of a. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like they're related? Yeah, or something dumb like that. Correlation. Right, so he's in charge of this unit, which is basically an alien invasion crime task force. Yeah, task, task force. force. Yeah. yeah. And apparently there have been lots of these alien invasions that the blue unit secretly, covertly comes in and wipes out these Are threats they like of the alien men in invasion. Black or something? Right. Kind of. <laughs> Except all the uh, civilians remember everything. Right. We've got Owen, who's kind of second in command, whom Morgan Freeman, and Morgan Freeman's pretty unhinged. I mean, what, several things lead us to understand that his character obviously is, in a weird way, trying to protect the Earth, but he's also on his way out, close to retirement, and he's pretty unhinged at this point. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's supposed to be like a reference to Captain Ahab, like from Moby Dick, because his uh, name is Abe. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So we get a little more exposition here. That red stuff that we've been seeing is called, they call it Ripley. Yeah. Supposed, which is supposed to be referred to like the first alien. Sigourney, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver's character. character. Gotcha. Yep. And a movie we will definitely be covering at some point oh, yes. on our podcast. For sure. Um, so he's talking to Owen, who's second in command. I guess so. And this tells him basically. Yeah, this is Tom Sizemore, by the way. He's on Saving Private Ryan. Right, Tom Sizemore. Anyone that's um, where I've seen him from, yep. I kept thinking. Keeps talking about their net, so the quarantine zone. He says, so the most important thing with all of this is not letting them out of this net. So Ripley is the infection that sets in, and basically what they're trying to do is spread. The aliens are trying to spread, take over the world. Yeah. And the red, the Ripley, is what shows that someone or something has been infected. Which is basically like a, almost looks like a... Like a fungus on like the Like a red mold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or a bruise on the skin. Right. So Abe gives Owen a pearl-handled pistol that's supposed to signify he will be, he's handing over the reins to Owen mm-hmm. going forward, which supposedly came yeah. from John Wayne. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I'd like to see the paperwork on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I'm again, sure it's not the only gun that John Wayne had. Yeah, but I'm over here thinking Morgan Freeman's just name-dropping just to, like... I know John Wayne. He gave me this gun kind of thing. He probably bought it at, again, the Army Surplus store on discount. So we go back to Pete in the woods uh, with the catatonic woman. He went back to the truck to get beer. He's on his way back. He's talking to the woman who he thinks is now sleeping. And it pans around to the back of her, and she's got a hole in the back of her pants. Yeah. Looks like she had a blowout. Yeah. yeah. But obviously it's the alien worm. The bloody diarrhea worm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tooth eel. BBW. Has been hatched. Yeah. Um, so we see Jonesy again. He's uh, clearly been possessed at this point. It's not him. It's our alien. It's an alien with an English accent. Right. Yes. So Damian Lewis speaks in an English accent when the alien character's controlling him, and then he himself still has his American accent. That's how we can tell. Because they have lots of conversations with each other. Oh, yes. Damien Lewis did a good job in this He movie. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be a difficult role to play. It would. Yeah. 
So we go back to Pete again. He's drunk. He's talking to the woman slash himself. And um, he gives us a little more exposition that uh, Duddits gave them these powers, like telepathy. This was like the only like explanation that we were going to be getting throughout yep. this right. whole thing. Hope you're happy with that. So Henry's walking back, trying to get back to the cabin. He gets a telepathic message from Jonesy, apparently, because he suddenly like perks up and hears a snowmobile coming and realizes it's Jonesy. Then all of a sudden says, wait a second, you're not Jonesy. Who are you? So he's having this whole conversation telepathically, and we mm-hmm. don't hear the other end of the conversation. So then the snowmobile comes around the corner, and... Henry's nowhere to be seen. The snowmobile goes by with Jonesy on it, or, well, what J- Jonesy's body, which is controlled by an alien at this point. And we see that Henry had jumped off the road, and he's hiding. So, obviously, right. the actual Jonesy had telepathically told Henry, that's it's not me. He seriously hit, like a, like, a sniper in oh, the yeah. snow, yeah, like, very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know when else to put this in, but this is a really beautifully shot movie, I thought. Yeah. Like the... Oh, yeah, and the forest and the, the snow and everything else. And, oh, yeah. And the picture, mm-hmm. on, like how, how the camera angles and all that were done. Who'd you say did the cinematography for this, Peter? Uh, John Seal, he did. Well, one of his latest movies he did was the uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that was really... He was he, nominated he, for that one. Yeah, he? He, won, he won an Oscar for some other yeah. boring movie. I don't remember what, but... Yeah. And that yeah. was really good. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it was about like the only thing I liked about this film. It, yeah. The rest of this... It's just weird and confusing. I don't know if we mentioned Lawrence Kasdan directed this movie. Yeah, yeah. he did. He uh, he wrote uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, oh wow! His fir- one of his first ones he did was a uh, that he wrote was actually Empire Strikes Back, which that's right. Ironically, was a uh, <laughs> that film was kind of delayed when they were trying to shoot it in in England, I think, for some weird reason. But it was also um, it was delayed because of filming of The Shining, also oh. a Stephen King adaption. Okay, which this was his first Stephen King adaption that he did. He did. Let's uh, see, uh, he also did Writers of the Lost Ark, Return of the Jedi. He did a Silverado. It's it's a western that he did. Um, he's been nominated for Oscars for writing, wow. but uh, apparently not for this one. <laughs> but no. anyway, he also he also directed a bunch of films too. And the other writer of this, uh, William Goldman. Yeah. Won two Oscars for Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, All the President's Men. He also did The Princess Bride, which is also Ooh, based on his novel. I like that movie. So that's uh, about all I can give you from there. There you go. So, cool. Oh, he also did the screenplay for Misery, too. Oh, some so, big hitters. Another yeah. Stephen yep. King adaptation. I think he did another Stephen King one. Uh, I don't remember which one it is, though. Cool. Yeah, so this was considered... Kind of a disappointment seeing like all these guys are working right, on this right, show, but yeah. including the cast. Yeah, I had yeah. a good cast too. I mean, and they, they did well in this movie. Right. But they yeah. all, so, they all I mean, had good. It seems like all the pieces are there. It just somehow didn't do well. Yeah. So we get lots of scenes of Jonesy and Mister Gray talking to each other. So Jonesy is in his memory warehouse. The actual Jonesy. So he comes out on Jonesy's actual outside self and seemingly takes over sometimes and talks. Right. But most of the time it's um, the alien that's... Yeah. Looks like well, he's looking over. through well, a window. Yeah, he can, see, he can see all his memory stuff, I guess, going through him, I suppose. But he has the... Did you mention the secret room that he keeps all his secrets yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff in? Yeah, that's where Jonesy's yeah. locked himself mm-hmm. in right. because the alien is in the rest of his memory warehouse trying to find information. Yeah. So, Jonesy, the alien disguised as Jonesy, ends up kidnapping Pete because 
Pete shows his power that he was given by Duditz, which is basically a weird GPS. Yeah. He's able to find pretty much anything, which... Oh, you never mentioned what happened to Pete before then. Yeah, it's magic fingers. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So we go... Yeah, I skipped all of that. So, uh, yeah, Pete beforehand gets uh, the alien tooth eel that came out of... The other lady's yeah, backside. The woman, right. Wrecked ends them. up attacking Pete, latching onto his jewels. Yeah, he was like peeing in the snow or something. Oh yeah. And uh, he writes pretty good cursive for <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. for, for a drunk peeing. person peeing. Yeah. yeah. But he makes pretty much the only move he can and dives on top of the fire, crotch yeah. first. Yep. That's what I'd do. That yeah. was ballsy. Right. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> and that's where Jonesy. Jonesy ends AKA up Mr. Gray. ends up finding Pete, who's still recovering from his injuries, and then basically kidnapping him when he realizes Pete's special power, which is the ability to how do you even explain this? Find things? Yeah, it's like locate. Yeah, it's some kind of yeah, like he a, uses his finger his like yeah. sonar built in. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of Okay, Google navigation. Right. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like a, a warpy tunnel. Whenever he twirls yeah. his finger, it whatever he's trying to find, it the little warpy tunnel will go to the location. Yeah. So I would always be pointing that to like the uh, Victoria's Secret and or the beach or the <laughs> bank or the Brinks truck that's been unattended. How about that's uh, because you're a villain. Uh, how about how about pirates treasure and then you can buy all that stuff. Some booty. There you go. We'll leave it there. So Henry arrives back at the cabin. It's looking pretty disgusting at this point. We've got our Ripley, as we're going to call it, all over the place. So it looks like the whole cabin is covered in red mold. It's nasty. Yeah. Was that after the alien Mr. Gray, like, explodes and goes inside? Yeah, I think so. Is that that from that? I think so. yeah, I guess so. That was my I wonder where all that came from. Or was, that, or or was, was it from the was blood out from... Of the okay. Yeah, it was, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't spread. figure that out. I guess, way, yeah, I guess that would make sense. So either way, I was glad that I finished my chili before this movie got too hard. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, he finds Beaver's dead body and walks into the bedroom and the alien eel is protecting a oh, nest of a its cachet. eggs. Which... Of eggs. Those were decent... Not huge, but like the size of a decent-sized marble or something. How could you not tell that those weren't berries by holding those? I don't know. Because berries Wait, are Are not we that supposed big. to believe that that's, that's what, what the he, guy ate? Right. That's, that was my understanding. Yeah, that's what. That's all I can really think yeah. of. What berry have you ever seen look like that? Well, think that well was... he, he said it was dark, but yeah. either oh, way, it's just... Still, it's this is slimy. Round. must be a berry. Yeah. Slimy? Strawberry. I mean, it's a round strawberry. It's round? Okay, I don't feel that bad for Rick. If, not, if that's what Rick did, poop. I don't feel bad for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a moron. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you got a bunch of these alien eel eggs. That's not good. So, yeah. Henry, who has a gun at this point, blows the eel's head off and then decides to set fire. Yeah, we need to burn this mother down. Yep. As he's dousing everything with lighter fluid, he sees behind the pillows on the bed are a bunch of Hatched eggs. Broken eggs. Right. At that point, little eel worms start crawling out from under the bed coming at him. So he's trying to douse them with lighter fluid while they're starting to climb up on his shoes and his pant legs. Um, If I would have saw those hatched eggs, I would have immediately started backing up. It took him a minute to back up. Right. If they're crawling up my my pant legs, I'm immediately getting completely naked and running out. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, so he lights the place on fire. 
We then get another flashback to the boys and Duddits making dream catchers together. And then Duddits ties all of the dream catchers together, which are that's the big dream catcher that we see hanging in their cabin. Right. They've made that together. I, I feel like the book goes more into the dream. That's what I was thinking because so, I never really got why this was called right. Dreamcatcher. It's just like I'm sure it explains it better in the book, but it's just like the I, original. The original title was Cancer. Was it really? Cancer was Cancer, and Stephen King's wife talked him into naming it but Dreamcatcher. We, but we can't really go into detail if we haven't read the book, so it doesn't really do any good to speculate yeah. as to why. But I'm assuming there is a lot more plot. Regarding the dream catcher, the right. idea of the dream catcher is there's an old Indian folklore, folklore yeah. that dream catchers will catch, catch your your dreams and they will filter out the nightmares so that mm-hmm. you don't have nightmares. Yeah, um, it's... <laughs> although I don't know what Stephen King's whatever he was, yeah whatever whatever he was high on he was writing this. Yeah. It's like I guess I'll call it dream yeah. catcher. Brilliant, I got it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so we get a flashback. During our flashback, Duddits helps the boys find a missing girl in mm-hmm. town. And this is when he kind of gives them their powers and allows them to find her and communicate with each other telepathically. And Pete using his little um, right guiding Just, power thing. Right. So now we've jumped back to Colonel Curtis and the Blue Unit. They are flying over the area where the alien spaceship has crashed. And they keep hearing voices... That sound like human voices saying, help us, we're dying, we don't mean you any harm. And Curtis basically says... I pull the trigger every time yeah, I hear that. Right. <laughs> That's time. what they're saying to get us to let our defenses down, but really they're here to invade. Which is true. Long story short, they end up wiping out all the aliens. So the remaining aliens get back into their ship and have it self-destruct, which takes out a couple of the choppers. See a lot of this stuff, and it just happens, and this is like... A three-minute scene, but you feel like it's supposed to be more important than what they portrayed in the movie. movie. I'm guessing it had a much bigger role in what was going on in the book. I mean, obviously, it it just seems like it's a major part of the plot, but they just spend so little time on it, and then we move on, and it seemingly doesn't really matter. So, again, that's just kind of the the mercy you're at when you're adapting a book. Yeah. So we then jump to Pete and the Jonesy imposter on the snowmobile. Jonesy's, the alien, is asking Pete um, lots of questions. How did you get your powers? Pete is, I think, communicating with Jonesy, but he's refusing to talk to the alien. Um, The alien finally stops the snowmobile, turns back around, turns into the giant eel worm and just eats Pete because he's... Realizing Pete's not going to divulge any yeah, information. He basically says, he doesn't say this, but he says, basically says, bite me or something because he wants more information from him. It's, yeah. Yeah, I'll That's, bite you and everything else. And but. that he did. So the Jonesy alien then stops a truck in the middle of the road. Uh, there's a the truck driver answers the door with a handgun, which is probably not a bad idea. And his dog, who's growling, mm-hmm. who's in attack mode. Yeah. Oh, is this a, is this, this the truck. a military truck, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because in the bed of his truck, he's got dead animal carcasses that have been infected. Right. Um, he's transporting them. Right. So the alien, Jonesy, kills the truck driver and then has the dog eat the meat off of the... I think it was a deer or whatever. Yeah, the dead animals in the back, right? That was something else. Why didn't they just burn those things? I don't know. There probably are, but he's probably trying to get them somewhere so they can burn them. 
Right, or maybe conduct more research. It's the only thing oh, I heck no. Right. That, those things are getting So destroyed. he's infecting the dog is basically what he's doing at this mm-hmm. point. During this, Jonesy has gone to the actual Jonesy in his memory warehouse, has gone and collected all of his memories on duddits and telepathy, and he's... For some reason, limping also. Right. <laughs> he has a... He's trying to make... A, a, the, the alien realizes he's doing this, so there's kind of a chase through the memory warehouse as he's trying to get these memories into the secret room. He ends up making it, so... Which, Hit. that wasn't as, like... That scene of the chase scene of that wasn't as long as you think it would be for a chase scene to be, so... Uh, well, I chase just, scenes are pretty quick a lot of times. Yeah. He makes it back into a secret room, shuts the door before the alien gets there. Henry ends up being apprehended by the blue unit. We find out that they're just pretty much hurting people in the quarantine zone that have been infected or might have been infected. I felt like the end game for Morgan Freeman was to get out and nuke the place. Right. That's kind of the direction I felt it was going. Well, and we get to that. So we Owen sees Henry has entered the basically base camp that they have set up. He seems like he recognizes Henry. We find out that I think Henry's just reading his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of the what I call the moral dilemma. It's the kind of the idea of sacrificing one for the good of many. So, and that's kind of where Morgan Freeman's at. And he's talking to Owen, who's, he's kind of mentoring to take over for him. And he tells him, you know, this idea, you know, the people, I've, I've done this for 25 years. If they would have had someone else in charge, we would all be wiped out as a planet by now. And basically what he says is, I don't take any chances. When we find where the infection is at, when we find you know, where these aliens have landed, we quarantine off the area, and any living thing within that area, we kill. No questions asked. Wow. So it's the idea that we can't take any chances on letting anything out and potentially infecting the entire planet. That's crazy, because I feel like we're going through something like that. Right, so similar to some of our current Not suggesting that we should have quarantined off in napalm areas, but... Right, so it's one of those to where obviously Morgan Freeman is portrayed as the antagonist of this film, and rightly so, and that's kind of what Owen is trying to argue is that, well, we don't have enough research yet because a lot of people that have been infected, there's no proof that it's actually spreading. Some of people it is, but it doesn't seem to latch on to every single person that gets infected, so we should be focusing more on on that side of it rather than killing people. And Morgan Freeman basically says, I've been around it long enough. There's no sense in taking any chances. We're going to end up, he calls it a hijacker, which is um, basically what's happened to Jonesy, where one of them can take over a person and not present with any symptoms, but then slip into society. And if we let them outside of the net, right, you know, basically all of humanity is doomed. So Morgan Freeman sort of has the ruthless unfeeling character trait. Yeah, he's basically... I'm not saying I agree with that, but at the same time, there is, at least on some level, some merit with what he's saying. Where it goes over the line, and this is what makes him a psychopath. He got too mm, close to that situation. He just, well, he just just kills people. They basically round them up like a concentration camp and then gas them. Trying to do the right thing, but going about it the wrong way. Right. No good deed goes unpunished. So there may need to be more efforts put into not just killing people. Right. But in his mind, we don't have any anything 
you know, to, looking for some kind of antigen or right. right. He's he's just rounding people up that are within an infected area and wiping them out, which I mean, is keeping it from spreading to the population as a whole. But at what cost? You're pretty much yeah. So Henry and Owen then end up kind of connecting and talking. Henry tells Owen a bunch of things that he should have no business knowing, but it's because he's able to read Owen's mind, so Owen's able to believe that Henry really is telepathic and has these powers. He tells him Abe is insane. Uh, He tells Owen, you need to get me out of here so we can go find my friend. So at this point, Henry's realized they need to go see Duddits. Owen ends up calling General Matheson on uh, Owen's gun. (laughs) He's able to telepathically connect with General Matheson, who I guess is the the head over the military unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they come in and basically shut everything down. During this time, Owen and Henry escape. They leave. They're going to go try to find Jonesy. Henry's able to communicate with him. They decide that Henry and Owen need to go find Duddits, who they haven't seen in years. Yeah. That's when Henry's able to piece together the rest of the puzzle from their, their history with Duddits and the fact that he gave them these powers. It was like Duddits knew all of this was going to happen. He gave Jonesy the ability to... Quarantine himself off inside his own mind. Right. So, yeah, Duddits... Oh, gosh, this is, this is confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Duddits knew that all of this was going to happen. So that is why he beckoned Jonesy into traffic six months ago because these aliens can't kill someone that's already been killed. Right, because he died uh, twice. Right. So Henry says when Jonesy got hit by that car, his heart stopped two different times. So he was technically dead. These aliens can't kill someone that's already died which is why it's inhabiting Jonesy, but it can't kill him, and Jonesy's still able to fight from inside his own mind. Gotcha. Whew. That's Man, trippy. Yeah. yeah. Again, guys, we're trying to explain something that's happening in a movie that was adapted from a 600-page novel. So yeah, From a guy on a uh, gurney, more or less. On Oxycontin. A, <laughs> on an opioid trip. Yeah. Right. Percocet. So Henry and Owen arrive at Duddits' house. His mother lets them in. Duddits, played by Donnie Wahlberg, by the way. Oh, yeah. Brother of Marky Mark. Blue blood. Yeah. So Duddits, we find out, has terminal cancer, and he's going to die. So his mother says, I'm letting him go with you because he was so happy when he heard you were coming. And I want him to die happy and not stuck in, in his room. We then find out that the pistol that Morgan Freeman, Abe Curtis gave Owen has oh. a tracking device in it. And so he's gotten away from the military takeover and he's tracking Owen now because he realizes that Owen kind of double-crossed him. See, was that in there for that specific reason? Like in case this guy does double-cross me, I guess. case somebody steals his gun. I'm oh. guess, yeah, I'm guessing it was in there in case someone steals it. Okay, because that was a nice gun. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. So, right, good point. Duddits is then telling Henry and Owen where Jonesy is and finds out that, uh, so Jonesy's stolen a police car at this time. We see the dog that's been infected is now about to uh, some evacuate worms. some toothy alien worms. Ugh. So Duddits tells Henry that the alien's name is Mr. Gray. And then Henry realizes 
that Duddits has been talking about a Mr. Gray since back when they were kids. And that's how he ultimately puts the final pieces together that Duddits has been preparing them for this since they were kids. And that's what kind of everything has been about, including their powers that they've gotten. That's what all it's for is for this fight right now. So he basically says, uh, Mr. Gray wants water. So they realize he's trying to infect yeah. the water supply because if he can do that then these aliens will spread these exponential eels will spread throughout well first the city of boston and then everywhere which right. by the way at the beginning with the paramedics with jonesy that's the boy who he sees at the beginning is duddits and he's telling him beware of mr gray or something right that's what he was watch saying. out for mr gray mm-hmm. yeah, yeah or gibberish at the beginning yeah. of the movie mr. Gay. Something is too gay. Right. So Henry realizes, I know where he's going. He's going to the reservoir. Um, That's where he can access the main supply of water for the entire city of Boston. And from there, obviously, if it spreads to there, it'll quickly spread everywhere else. Um, He says we have to get him before he gets this alien parasite into the water supply. And Duddits tells him that just one worm will kill the whole world. So nothing can get into the water supply. They have to stop it before it happens. Alien Jonesy and the dog end up at the reservoir. Henry and Duddits and Owen get there not long after. Curtis is not far behind in a chopper. So there's this really brief, seemingly out of place fight scene between Owen standing in, out in the open and Morgan Freeman shooting at him. Somehow missing from, him that first right, time. <laughs> yep. In a helicopter. Long story short, he ends up killing Owen, but Owen ends up Take killing out the tail yeah. rudder and the helicopter with, crashes. With the gun. Yep. That was given to him. Sweet, but, sweet irony. Yep. yep. Mm. The guy that was given to him that he used to track him down, the and then he got killed. Ivory-handled yep. pistol. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. So, again, I feel like this was probably played out much more in the book. There was probably a lot more character development for Owen in particular. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot for him in the movie. Yeah, because he keeps looking at this picture of right. somebody. Right, and it's, it's, just... they said it's his dad, I think, who was in it. It's yeah. just... Uh, there's not enough there to care too much about these characters. Yeah. Um, so then we get back to the main plot, which is Henry gets into the reservoir. Before he goes in, he tells Duddits, hey, stay out here where it's safe. He goes in to confront Jonesy, who has the dog who has... Evacuated the worm. Birthed, yeah. Birthed <laughs> the alien parasite at this point. Henry comes in with a gun, ends up shooting the worm, and then we have the classic... Are you Jonesy? He's facing Jonesy. The alien is still pretending to be Jonesy at this point. And Henry's like, I don't know how to tell if it's really you or not. I think I'm just going to have to shoot you. And so Jonesy says, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if there's a part of him still in here with me or not. Really, he is distracting Henry from the fact that even though he shot this eel, one of the eggs comes out and it's starting to hatch. Right. He's already opened the aqueduct at this point. So there's just an open hole leading into the water system. And Henry's having this dilemma with himself, not sure what to do. And Duddits walks in. The sweet shoes that he had. Oh, right? yeah. Those are some awesome boots. Those look warm. Yeah. They look like moon boots. Yeah. Eskimo <laughs> boots. Right. Duddits ends up taking on the alien. Mr. Gray comes out of Jonesy at this point, And he's just a giant... Tooth eel. Yeah, pretty much. Um, With legs. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, pretty grotesque. Yeah. He stabs Duddits through the chest, 
His tail. Then we kind of find our, our twist, which some people may have already seen coming. Duditz is actually an alien. He transformed back into his alien self and ends up killing Mr. Gray. Mr. Gray. So Duditz saves the day, but it also kills him. We see the uh, worm crawling towards the hole, and just uh, before it goes in, Jonesy stomps on it, which proves to Henry that this is actually Jonesy and right, it's no right. longer the alien. And then we literally... Yep. Ends. Yeah. Yep. Cut Black to, screen. Cut to the credits. You know what's funny? The original end to that movie, I think it was in the book, it says, using their powers, both Henry and Duddett smother Mr. Gray to death with a pillow. Wow. Just like Captain Planet. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. With our powers combined. Yeah. A... I, I like Stephen King, but man, he's... Weird? Yeah. I mean, it, he's got... He, it, I obviously enjoy the, the horror genre, but man, his stuff just almost goes past that into just this weird like drug addled yeah universe. you're in this his makes mind. sense yeah. to me you're definitely in this guy's right. mind so um yep Dreamcatcher, everybody i would recommend watching this movie if you haven't seen it before this episode you might want to check it out for yourself because you'll probably make some sense out of some things that maybe we're confusing you with and many other things say oh no that's actually exactly what they said it was it's very confusing Confusing movie, but it was enjoyable. I thought the, especially the main characters, um, the four friends. I thought they were, it was inter- it oh, was yeah. enjoyable yeah. to watch them on screen. Oh, they yeah. were entertaining. Oh yeah. I had a little bit of comedy in it. Mm-hmm. Is this a horror? What what's the difference between a thriller movie and a horror movie? I think thriller is just more like suspense and stuff. Kind of and, intermittent. Yeah. And this is more like creepy throughout the whole thing. Yeah, you get a creepy feeling throughout and the whole And sort of science fiction-y also. I bet if everyone read the book, it would maybe kind of make more sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, read the book if you haven't read it, because this movie's probably... The, the book might be better. Yeah. Uh, grades. I'll give it a... I'll give it a B. You know, uh, and the first time I saw this, I would have given it a C-, and I think this is this has moved up to the B territory for me. Eh, C minus. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go C plus. Okay. There's just, I don't know that there's ever been a book, whether I've read the book or not read the book, where the movie adaptation didn't. It's it's that it's the same feeling I get every single time I watch a movie that's been adapted from a novel. You leave the theater feeling like you've you've missed something. Right. Like there's something. It just it moved. Like it, I don't want to say it moves too fast. Yeah. It just seems like you're. There's, pacing no, there's parts it of it you're supposed to understand better than you do. Yeah. Things like uh, the the character development of of the of Owen. You felt yeah. like there was so much more there that we didn't get because yeah. he's kind of yeah. this character that's on the bad side, and then he comes around obviously to the good side. But you, there, he's not developed enough to really care about him one yeah. way or another. Right. So. Um, I'll go, I mean, I'll go right. C plus. Yeah, I was gonna say I, it just felt like there should have been more. It doesn't give you. Yeah. You never get the full story. Yeah, because yeah. they could have had an entire episode of just the military side of right. things. Right. Yeah. And that would have made more sense. And that's what I heard in the book. Right. It, it focused a lot more on that and Henry being in the camp but and this, trying to work it, on it. And this it just felt confuddled into the movie. Right. So, right. let us know what you guys think. Shoot us an email. Leave us a comment. Let us know if. Uh, Anything glaring that you feel like we left out, um, let us know what your thoughts were. If you've seen this wild ride of a film, um, way to put it. join us next week. Uh, we'll be jumping into another one-off horror movie. I'm so excited. 
Thanks for, for joining us, and as always, stay tuned. Stay classy. Thanks for dropping by. See ya.